To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by pbandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by poppycrock.com. All your fake news in bite-sized portions. Go to poppycrock.com for more information or misinformation. That's poppycrock.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. There is one question you haven't asked me yet. Why? Well, I figured you would tell me when you were ready. Now, there are those who believe we should attack the United States first, settle everything in one moment. Red October was built for that purpose. When the dust settles from this, there's going to be hell to pay in Moscow. Well, perhaps maybe some good will come from it. A little revolution now and then is a healthy thing, don't you think? Do you still like to fish, Ryan? Mm-hmm. There's a river, not unlike this one, near Vilnius, where my grandfather taught me to fish. And the sea will grant each man new hope. As sleep brings dreams. At home. Christopher Columbus. Welcome to the new world, sir. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here at the Spare Parts Studios for the fourth time in a row. I don't know. Take four. I don't know what the hell was the matter with me, but I had to freaking stop recording and restart like three or four different times just because I couldn't get my plugs in properly. Fuck! But here we are. We're good to go. No worries. Stop. Maybe, you know what? It's all, you know, when in doubt, blame Joe Rogan. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm, TikTok uh, at positive sarcasm. You can find me on YouTube, positive sarcasm, and positive sarcasm podcast. You know who you won't find on YouTube for too much longer? Joe Rogan. Uh, we're gonna, let's get right to the elephant in the room and thank Christ because we needed some other news besides fucking coronavirus. Coronavirus! Uh, coffee today is, of course, the mixed bag, uh, Cafe Bustelo, one scoop, uh, Javalia Columbia Roast, two scoops, and Lavazza Classico, one scoop, all black. Okay. 
if you didn't think that a MMA commentator could move the stock market, you were wrong. Uh, Joe Rogan, as you guys know, he reportedly signed a three-year... He announced that he did, but he, the numbers are coming in now over $100 million over the span of two to three years. And he's going to be, as of September 1st, he's going to start migrating all of his stuff, his video, his podcast, his clips, over to Spotify. And there's a lot that I'm going to have to extract from this because this is a huge deal. It is a huge deal. It has so many other ripples attached to it that I have to break it down little by little. So let's see how long I can milk this for an entire episode. Okay. So he had made it as an, he made the announcement the other day on his Twitter, on his Instagram, on his Facebook, blah blah blah, um, that in September, his as you don't already fucking know, obviously, but I am gonna lay it out a little bit so I can get my head right because obviously I didn't start this podcast correctly. He signed he signed with Spotify. Spotify, like for example, you find my uh, my podcast. It's the RSS feed goes to iTunes, which gets shot out to you know Stitcher, Google uh, Stitcher. Podcast Addict, Castbox, iHeartRadio. So, with an RSS feed, that is the code that links that lets all the uh, podcast apps know that I'm broadcasting. And then they basically take that and they file it in their categories and say, "Hey, this person's got a podcast. Here's their RSS feed. You can subscribe to the RSS feed. Simple as that. You can RSS feeds have been around before that. RSS feeds you can use to download articles." Uh, newsletters, I mean, uh, that's what they originally were for, but then you started being able to download clips, video and audio clips, um, and I believe, can you do files too? I'm not sure, but that's what an RSS feed is, and for the longest time, iTunes reigned supreme, and then Stitcher came along, and then Google Play Music started doing that. Now, uh, since this was back in the day when you know nobody thought that podcasts were were of any value any monetary value but then people started listening to them because it felt real it felt like you were listening to real people there was no cuts no real edits it was like it was open conversation so back in the uh, late in the early 2010s i think it was 2010 rogan start rogan came on board and for that he um got bigger and bigger and bigger and he just finished like episode 1500 or some shit. I don't know. He's been around. I started listening to him around episode 600. So the RSS feed goes out to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio. Now Spotify uses a completely different uh, setup as far as how they uh, do their RSS feeds. But in either case, if I have an RSS feed and I want Spotify to, gr to grab it and uh, have it available for their customers to download, which is free... Um, then I just simply request it. They review my stuff and they say, okay. And then that's, that's as simple as that. I did mention an article probably about a year ago about me having a potential issue with Spotify as far as them trying to redesign and set, you know, basically do away with the old format of the RSS feed. Because obviously when a company gets really big, they start to implement their own controls because they kind of want to corner the market. Every company does this. But let's just stick with the facts here. I did a, I did originally have some concerns with Spotify. I don't know how they got so big, but kudos to them for doing so. You know they're, they're based out of Luxembourg? Luxembourg. That's where they're from. Stay tuned for more information. But anyways, um, so Spotify has their own. And for the longest, they're... For, for a while, their biggest competitor was Pandora because they were mostly focused on music. But then they started to dabble into the uh, podcast game. And then for I was like, okay, well, for the longest time, my issue, my biggest issue with them was they weren't allowing uh, comedian and podcaster Joey Diaz to put music, commercial music in his podcasts. So he had to change his format, even though it was one little segment. I don't like when people fuck with other people's podcasts. I don't... I don't your podcast, your setup, it's your decision. If your podcast is not completely uh, set up around somebody else's work, I'm okay with it. But they asked him or they told him or something to that effect to change the way, make his music original, his music, non-copywritten material because he had like Sinatra and all other shit. Now, at the end of my podcast, I always do a song. It's been how the new format has been blended is that at the end of the uh, podcast i play a, i play a commercial song just something because i want you guys to discover music that i listen to or something that i've recently discovered that i want you to check out because i want to promote it because i like that song or i like that band 
So that's what I'm trying to do, even though a lot of these artists don't need the money. The, in any case, I need a swig of coffee. In any case, that was my initial issue with Spotify, was them uh, manipulating how another podcaster does their uh, does their business, does their, their recordings. In either case, so... But Diaz made that, um, he made the, the, the jump and changed it over, and he has an all-original opening now. Rogan doesn't move for anybody. He doesn't budge for anyone. But at the same time, YouTube, where he has all of his things, he didn't go to Spotify. He originally wasn't on Spotify because Spotify wasn't paying enough. They weren't paying their artists enough, and they probably still aren't. So he wouldn't put any of his shit over there. And also, Spotify didn't have any video. Spotify has no video right now, officially. And he was Rogan was making tons off of ad revenue from YouTube, off of donations and advertisements that he does on his podcast. And he just does his own thing. He doesn't. Rogan's just one of those kinds of cats that does whatever the fuck he wants and answers to absolutely no one. First of all, he's worth over twenty-five to thirty million dollars. So therefore, he's got fuck you money. He has his. He has a successful podcast. He's a part-time MMA commentator, um, and he uh, is a—he's an uh, one of the. Let's see, he's a theater comic. Put it that way. All right, he's a huge act. He sells out theaters, um, so he has—he doesn't have to answer to anyone for any reason. However, Spotify decided. I think in this case, well, all right, we're gonna go to war. What do you do if you you have to throw you have to throw a lot of money at Rogan to get his attention, and in this case, one hundred million dollars would get anybody to flinch. Now, obviously, since Rogan's not touring right now, I don't think the guy's hurting for money. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think this is something to something beyond money. But the fact is, is yeah, when somebody says, "Hey, I will give you one hundred million dollars," you definitely do a stutter step. And the reason for that is this. If they have enough money, if they have $100 million to throw at Rogan, that means they have enough power to go after Google. And I'm going to kind of, let me expand on that just a little bit. This is kind of important because the future of podcasting right now is at stake. Uh, not in a bad way, but maybe in a good way. We just have to focus because not everything stays the same. Everything changes, especially in the podcast world. Um, ooh. So let me let me break this down. Google doesn't control podcasting. Not at all. But they, Google is big. Google owns YouTube. YouTube censors people. We all know that. Okay? They've been accused of it. They have huge algorithms. And uh, several gr- big creators have been suspended or kicked off or demonetized or deplatformed or what have you. Okay? They're in on it. Google's in on it with, uh, with Apple, with Twitter, with Facebook, they're in on the they're in on the conspiracy, but in either case, Google's huge. And how would you compete with somebody like Google? That's the good question. You have to go after their moneymaker. And who right now they have a lot of huge moneymakers. They have a lot of huge creators on YouTube. YouTube besides uh, Google's, they well first of all, that's a that's a hard juggernaut to take down. But there is a domino effect to this and. For, first of all, for Rogan's benefit, good on him for moving exclusively to Spotify. Good on him for keeping his podcast completely free. Okay? So it's not like he's selling. It's He's not selling out. In my opinion, he's not selling out. If the podcast is still free to download and subscribe to through Spotify, then he's not selling out. No, he's not selling out. If he was moving to uh, Sirius Satellite Radio... Then he'd be selling out because in order to get Sirius Satellite Radio, you have to pay for it. Spotify, you don't. iTunes, you don't. Google Play Music, you don't. iHeartRadio, you don't. Podcast Addict, you don't. So Rogan's still free. Corolla, still free. Uh, uh, Mark Marin still free. So that hasn't changed, okay? But in order, but if you're gonna take, what's one way to take money out of? YouTube's pocket or Google's pocket. You take a large creator. Now, if Rogan's going to take all of his full-length uh, podcasts, video podcasts, off of YouTube's platform, then they no longer get any of the ad revenue or the viewing time or the clicks or the traffic. That all goes away. 
If Rogan decides to keep his video clips on there, that's one thing. That's his decision. If he pulls them, I, I get it. But the idea is that if he's going to pull that much data off of YouTube, that's a lot of clicks, a lot of advertiser revenue that disappears. I don't know how much. I can't honestly tell you. That's a whole different number that I would probably have to Google. Um, but the idea is that if he's to disappear, that ad revenue goes away. And it opens up a whole new thing. Like, for example, Netflix controlled originally K uh, HBO and Showtime and Cinemax controlled movie uh, controlled movie watching. And then Netflix came along with their DVD mail-ins, which they still do, actually, and their Blu-ray mail-ins. And then their streaming services. And then what happens is people started, started splitting time between HBO and Cinemax and with Netflix. And then that, obviously, 10 years later, Blockbuster's gone. So nobody's renting from them anymore. So the next thing you know is that Netflix is the sole crusher of, of, of online movie streaming. And for a long time, they were. But then Amazon Prime came along. They started making huge deals. So they had to come up with original content. And then Hulu came along. And then all these other streaming platforms. And it started to segment. Podcasting for the longest time wasn't really segmented. It was really just based on what app you used to, to download the podcasts, which were available universally. So if you were, for example, if you were a Mark Marin fan or a Radiolab fan, you could download it, it whether you used iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iHeartRadio, or Podcast Addict. It didn't matter. You'd still get you'd still get the same lineup. You'd still get the same lineup. But now that it's he's moving over there, now if now he's moving over there, he's no longer going to be on iTunes. So that takes a lot of traffic away from Apple. He's not going to have the videos on YouTube anymore, so that's going to take a lot of the traffic away from, from Google, from YouTube. How Now, that makes Spotify a heavy, heavy contender. Who's next is the big question. Because starting in like late September, uh, December, end of the year, Spotify is going to start doing video. At least they're attempting to. So... Like when, uh, who was it, Mixer uh, took Ninja away from Twitch, uh, Spotify took Rogan away from YouTube. Now, the, I, do I see this as a good thing? Yes, because he didn't, did he do it for the money? $100 million, wouldn't you? But there was something, what he initially did was he started a splinter effect. By Spotify taking him away, it now tugs on the, now, it now tugs on the string of the sweater. Other creators can start being purchased by whether it be Amazon. Because Amazon be like, oh, well, we want to do podcasts too. And we want to do video too. All right. We'll buy another creator. What creator are you going to buy? Philip DeFranco. Casey Neistat. David Dobrik. Uh, H3H3. Tommy Buns and Gina Pazitsky. Or Christina, excuse me. Mommy Jeans, what do you call her? Now, that's the thing is just start picking them up, bringing them over here. And the more companies that decide they want to start acting like Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu and Disney Plus, that's going to start to pull. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of hands tugging on YouTube's traffic, Google's traffic per se. And that's going to put a lot, that's going to take a lot of money out of Google's pocket. Not, now, how much is the question? Now, the bigger, now, let's say this works out. Spotify gets Rogan, and it turns out to be a billion dollar move for them. It's a great idea. Awesome. They start getting a ton of traffic. More advertisers start flocking their way, so they're able to pick up more creators. Okay, how much more money? do they have to buy other creators or buy other podcasters? How many more podcasters can start doing video over there for free? Like, for example, if I was to be like, hey, Spotify, uh, I'm a small creator. I don't, I don't matter to you guys, but you're going to start doing video over there too. Why don't I just come over and upload my video over there as well? And you guys can have traffic from me just because, just because you're another avenue of eyes for me, it can be on your platform as well. 
So I'm just I'm I'm just saying it's worth a shot. And Netflix did the same thing when it started picking up comedians uh, uh one hour specials. Then Amazon Prime did it. So now they're competing for these podcasters. Now podcasters have officially made the mark. Now they're now Joe Rogan is a right on par with Howard Stern. Right on par with Howard Stern. And he doesn't have to change a thing. He doesn't have to change his format. So he says he doesn't have to change his format at all. But the question, my big question and my big concern is, can we still do podcasts the way we want as long as we have the RSS feeds available and uploadable? We don't have to be exclusive. We obviously as small business people, small podcasters, we want to be seen. We want to make it easier for the public to see us and affordable too. We want it to be, well, free podcasts. It's up to you if you want to charge for your podcast. If you want to be behind a paywall, that's up to you. But as far as it being free and just getting on the board and creating content so that people can see it, like for example, if you're a comedian, you don't get paid to be an open mic. You don't get paid to do to do comedy in the beginning. You're an open micer. You have to pay for your spot. And you have to travel a lot and often and far to do these things sometimes. So we shouldn't have... To, there is, we're willing to do the work. Like, for example, I'm willing to, like I did in the, like I did in the very beginning, I'm willing to set up a studio with my own money. I'm willing to set up all these computers and broadcast with my own money and my own time without asking for, without being sponsored a dime in the beginning. That's how it should start. That's how it should be. That's the, the Adam Carolla uh, um, what do you call it? Te- that's the Adam Carolla book. That's from the textbook of Adam Carolla. Built a studio with his own time, his own money. He puts his podcast out for free and eventually gets big enough again where he starts to attract sponsors. And he's still free to this day. And then now he has a huge network and he's able to tour and do all this other shit and other stuff stems from it. So my biggest concern is can we keep this free? Can small podcasters continue to thrive now that Spotify is taking a is quite potentially taking a huge chunk and now pulling on the on the string of the sweater that is YouTube? Now, so much so that this doesn't really hurt. It, there's a lot more moving parts to it. Us small, we are concerned that um, we we don't want to be exclusive us smaller podcasters don't want to be exclusive to just one platform amazon podcasts itunes podcast uh, uh spotify podcasts iHeartRadio radio podcasts we don't want to be we want to be seen and public to all of them so that everybody can have a chance to find us that's the best way to do it and so far i haven't had any issues with spotify telling me how to set up my podcast or whatever. But then again, we don't read, us small guys, we don't read terms and agreements. We just sort of click on the thing and let's get moving. I want to be seen. I want to have more eyes on my podcast uh, so that my other stuff can be uh, discovered. That's the big concern. That's the huge concern is, is any one of these, is Google, is Spotify going to get so big and, and start manipulating like Google did because Google, I mean, YouTube dominates the video market. The online video market for clips and stuff, they control They control the online creator, the independent creator. Okay? Netflix doesn't do that. So that's the question. Can Spotify splinter this, but still make it so that if any small podcaster or any creator wants to get started which is the power of whatever spare parts they have, they can still do so. And if this is a good thing where and Spotify doesn't censor or do anything like that, then great. But that's my concern is that with Rogan going over there, what's the power shift? How does it help and how does it hurt? Obviously, I want Spotify to hurt YouTube. I do. I do, well, not specifically YouTube. Well, yeah, kind of YouTube. I want them to hurt. I want Spotify to put its foot in Apple's ass. I want it to put its foot in Google's ass. 
to remind them that you can only be so big for so long. And eventually some other company will just happen to have $100 million to pull a significant creator off of your platform. And then eventually another company will come along and pull another huge creator off your platform. Now that happens. Next thing you know, if you if you lose in one year 100 million views or 200 million views or two, next thing you know, your advertisers are like, well, the money's not there. You guys lost a billion, because it can happen that quickly. Two billion views in one year, gone. Next thing you know, the, the your advertisers are looking elsewhere. Therefore, you're no longer getting that advertising money. And that advertising money is billions and billions of dollars. And if that starts to and if that starts to dissipate, your company crumbles. Your foundation just starts to flake. And that's a huge concern. However, for us to remain uh, for us small small podcasters, medium podcasters, big podcasters to continue to be seen, we still have to have stable platforms running. Because if YouTube were to crumble tomorrow, who's there to pick up the pieces? Because that's essentially a failed state. Now, pot, now obviously YouTube in the beginning was just a bunch of fucking cat videos, but eventually it has to. It came to the point where advertisers started getting involved, and more eyes were on the platform. Therefore, they were able. Therefore, they for whatever they were able to attract or make it interesting for independent creators, small creators, to start making money, to give them that incentive to continue creating and to be consistent with creating content. So as long as there's there's, there's several stable platforms for us to continue to create and upload our stuff so people can download it and make it easy for them to see and free for them to, to listen to and watch, great. But the future of podcasting right now is everybody just looked to the what and like, huh? But let's face it. This has been a long time coming for Google. Long time coming that eventually, like the Netflix, like, ladies and gentlemen, the Netflix, like Netflix, they were starting to pull, Spotify is now pulling us strong content. Especially after that conversation with Tim Pool. And don't, yeah, I'm a Rogan fan, through and through. All right. I like his, I like the fact that he's an open thinker. And I liked how, first of all, some of the people he's had on, uh, breath. I mean, just amazing, absolutely amazing. His guest list is freaking awesome. But after the, the 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 conversation he had recently with Tim Pool, I was like, yeah, if they can if they can censor Rogan, then they can censor anybody. And if Rogan can't do anything about it, then it's then the the dominoes really start to fall. And it's not in our creator's favor because then they can set up their their format however they want. And if it goes unchallenged. Us creators, our smaller creators, are fucked. Because if they can ban, Ro- it's one thing to ban like Alex Jones. It's another thing to ban like Rogan, or suspend Rogan, or censor Rogan. And it only takes a little bit at a time, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and the next thing you know, gone. Without any little, without with little to no resistance. So for Rogan to take the money now, and to basically kick Google in the balls. And believe me, they're well aware of this. Don't think for a second that they're not paying attention to this. The people at Google and at YouTube, don't think they're not paying attention to this shit. Don't think that, that I, the people at iTunes aren't paying attention to this. They're they're definitely paying attention to this. A major, this is a perfect example. People at Twitch, perfectly aware. They were well aware when fucking, uh, what's his face, Ninja moved over to Mixer. Then again, that was a different animal. Ninja wasn't his Ninja's big, but he was only big on one platform. And that was that was Twitch. Rogan was big on every platform. Rogan is a household name. Ninja was not. Rogan is on every podcast platform. Ninja was not. Rogan is billions of views on YouTube. Different animal. The perfect example is what's going to happen when PewDiePie gets bought. DeFranco gets bought. DeFranco gets demonetized weekly 
And he's voiced his frustrations on his show to us. I get it. So when they every show he talks about a if he talks about a certain subject that YouTube's not a fan of, they'll demonetize his video right away. Boom, no money, no ad revenue. Can't pay his employees. So he's got to sell merch. He's got to get advertising. What if Amazon Prime or Spotify decide, hey, DeFranco, come over to Spotify. You got you can do your daily show. And, and we won't say shit. You just come over here. You'll make just as much money. If not more, we won't demonetize you. Here's the, here's the way the ad revenue is set up. Are you interested? He says yes. And he gets a million, two million views per episode. And he does four episodes a week. So do the math. This is, a, this is the beginning of something big. Very, very big. Potentially. The thing that that's the difference... I, I'm I'm was thinking, is it the something is it the beginning of something big? Well, compared to what Ninja is and what Rogan is, Rogan is everywhere, whereas Ninja is not. And Rogan will continue to be everywhere. And I don't let's see, how much did Ninja make? Ninja's let's see, what's Ninja's contract? Ninja's let's see. Ninja Ninja's mixer contract. Okay. Let's see. Ninja's exclusive contract is worth between 20 and 30 million. Okay, 20 and 30 million is pretty awesome. Specifically for online gaming. Whereas Rogan's was 30 million. Excuse me, three years, 100 million. Big difference. And Mixer did not... Mixer, well, Rogan hasn't completed the jump to Spotify yet. That's going to be in September. Uh, Ninja already jumped and Mixer didn't get any bigger. At least not that, not from what I can tell, not from what I understand. Twitch is still there, you know, and there's other gaming platforms too. There's also YouTube gaming and blah, 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 blah. But the idea is Nick's, Mick, uh, Ninja did not, uh, if you don't know who Ninja is, he's an online gamer and he signed a contract, went from, bought, jumped from Twitch to Mixer. But he didn't, it didn't make the splash like this did, like Rogan's one hundred million dollar contract, and the the down the fallout from that when it comes to iTunes, which is owned by Apple, and YouTube, which is owned by Google, and then also Google Play Music, that fallout's gonna be completely different. I'm curious to how much this will, if any, hurt YouTube and Apple. I mean, because that video portion of Rogan's podcast is huge. It is huge. Millions of subscribers in the audio format. Millions of subscribers and visit and and uh, uh, subscribers to his uh, video format. And he's got and he is very vocal about shit that he doesn't like or does like. He's vo- I mean he moves mountains. I mean, first of all, like I said, when he signed, it was around two o'clock when he made the announcement on his Instagram. A few minutes after that. Spotify trickled up. Spotify trickled up. Uh, let's see. At the end of the day, they finished on, in the in the market eight percent. Eight percent at a hundred and fifty dollars per share is a decent amount of money. So let's go ahead and take a look. Let's take a look right now and see where Spotify ended up in the neck in over the the this past two days. So let's go ahead and look up spot. If you don't know, what's oh, what's this? Uh, contact testing. I don't give a shit about that. Okay. So SPOT is Spotify's um, stock symbol. Let's see where they ended up at. Holy shit. Okay. So this is undoubtedly a coup. Analysts reacted Joe Rogan's Spotify deal. This is undoubtedly a coup. I'm going to read that. That's from Benzinga. All right. So... If you were to, let's see, May 18th, 160 something dollars a share. Now, first of all, Spotify has been trickling up since May 14th at, let's see, that 151 on May 14th per share, by the way. And then he made, let's see, let's see, seven hours ago, what's today's date? Fucking A. 
He made the announcement yesterday. So at $160 a share, then he makes the announcement. The news starts coming in at 160 share. They go through the roof and then by just before close of business, they were at $170 a share. So they went up 10 bucks just from his announcement. And then again, pre-market sales today, they finished at $190 a share. So basically Rogan made them move the needle about 30 bucks, 30 bucks on one on 150 up. Yeah. That's a decent amount. So in one week, they went up 29% in the past week. Uh, today, let's see. Today, they went up 8%. So if you would have bought Spotify at 150 a share about mm, a week ago, you'd be up 30%. All because Rogan. Rogan. The freaking guy from Fear Factor. Made the market move. Pretty impressive. Should And you know what? That's why I'm saying you got to keep an eye on the market. And you could have. As soon as you saw the announcement, and this was easy to track. As soon as he made the announcement on Instagram, the first thing you could have done on your Robinhood app was immediately go and buy shares of Spotify. That's all you had to do. You saw the announcement. If, if, you're, if your mind was trained enough, you could have immediately, from the announcement, went over to Robinhood and be like, oh, he's moving to Spotify. Spotify stock's going to go up. What's it at right now? 165. Buy. It would have went up to 170 about an hour later. You would have made five bucks on one stock. The next day, you would have made another 25 bucks off that. Boom. There you go. And there you made money. So if you train your mind like that to see shit like that, you're better off. What's it going to do tomorrow? I don't know. First of all, the market is already trickling up because uh, businesses are opening and stuff like that. But if you were paying close attention to that announcement, you could have made some. You could have made some legitimate money. Granted, Spotify is an expensive uh, stock to buy, but if you've got five hundred bucks kicking around, you could have made. Um, I don't know, another two, three hundred bucks. Now that's just two days. Two days, they're up 40 percent. What's it going to be like in a week from now? So that's something to consider. Now that actual, I wanted to read that article because that actually looked quite interesting. Now I said it was a coup too. I said it was a joint effort to fuck uh, Google. I want to see if Benzinga was actually, by Wayne Dugan, this op-ed, I want to see if he's actually uh, in agreement with me. Shares are up 15% this week after Rogan announced blah, 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 blah. Ra announced that his podcast will be in, uh, available starting September 1st and then at the end of the year, it's exclusively on Spotify. Uh, let's see. Worth more than $100 million over several years and includes an 11-year back catalog of previous podcasts. So, with, oh, wow. The financial impact on Spotify. Okay. There's an analyst that said Rogan could immediately make an impact on Spotify's numbers. Depending upon how the deal is structured, estimates Rogan could, boast, could boost Spotify's 2021 revenue by between 0.5 and 3.8%. Okay. We believe Spot has been trying to lure Rogan to an exclusive deal since at least 2018. JRE is the most searched po- search for podcast on its site. Rogan's last 10 YouTube episodes have averaged 2 million views. Ex- uh, excluding his Tesla... Uh, inc- oh, yeah. He just did Elon Musk again, and that was 13 million views. Wells Fargo analyst D.K. Hill said the Rogan experience likely has 190 million monthly downloads, and a CPM of around $50. Whatever that means. Undoubtedly a coup for Spot to get such a big show on an exclusive basis and is a big stamp on the size of the platform and potentially its emergence in ad tech. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. The potential $100 million price tag represents about 1% off Spotify's projected. And now it's just talking. About, okay, it's a coup. But it doesn't say anything about, about, this, any, about any... I don't even really think this is a coup. It doesn't state anything uh, with regarding like YouTube or Google, so it's kind of a that was more of like a the clickbaity title. However, that is a lot of money. If we're talking between one and three percent of ad revenue or or money to be made on spot on top of what Spotify is already making, that's a lot of cash. So imagine one per three one to three percent uh, for Google or YouTube. It's a lot of cash. So I mean, first of all, and of uh, yeah. So I'm curious to see 
to tie this all up in a nice little bow, first of all, congrats to Rogan. Second of all, I'm curious to see how this is going to affect smaller podcasters. What other companies are going to start to follow suit? When we, smaller podcasters and YouTubers, can take advantage of something like this, and what's the future of podcasting altogether? It all has to change with the times. We have to stay up to date with it. But I think that it is going to come down to Google versus Spotify, but I think eventually this will weaken Google to the point where other large businesses that do Spotify-type stuff uh, will start to do this as well. Maybe even Pandora. Pandora could, could do this too. P- Pandora, which only does music, could also start doing podcasts as well. Uh, and maybe their platform can open up to the point where they'll start purchasing small uh, YouTubers or small podcasters. There's move. There's movement to be made. And as long as the and to, at the to tie this all up, as long as the small creator can maneuver through all of this, I'm on board. I'm cool with it. So, all right. Um, before we get to Q and A, I did want to mention a couple things. A uh, couple housekeeping things. Yes, there was no video last Sunday. Uh, since the whole issue uh, with the internet and me trying to figure the streaming issue with the internet continuously going out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I jumped to pre-recorded episodes. I accidentally, because I, I was, I'm still new to just recording and creating and uploading it manually instead of just having it stream and then boom, it's already up. Uh, I fucked up. I fucked up. I recorded it. It was there. And then I accidentally copied the wrong week for editing purposes and deleted that day's episode. And I mean deleted, like it's not in the recycling bin. Like I recorded that day. I copied the wrong date to the, to the, to the editing to the editing bay and deleted the one that I was supposed to be grabbing, grabbed the wrong one, deleted the right one. So I fucked up. So there was no, no clippy clips, no video for Sunday. And because of that, yep. Made a mistake. It won't happen again. I I know how to remedy that. And now I need to tighten it. I need to tighten this shit up because I like how the format is now with the pre-recorded episodes being uh, already synced with the uh, podcast audio. And I'm all now. So that's one thing that there was no video last Sunday, but there will be to this week. Garen fucking teed. Um, so that's one thing. So I messed up my bad. Okay. Next thing. Um, as far as housekeeping and things that I do that make the podcast and some of my people that, uh, need my nerd tech skills, the, you know, is if you have like an iPod or an iPhone or an iP, uh, an I, what do you call it? An iPad. Now, in order to reset them, for example, if you have like a, a laptop, like an HP laptop and you need to reset it, you just reset it. You can you just basically hit like the F8 button and you hit reset and recovery and boom, it deletes everything. You can't do that with an iPod. You can't do that with an iPad. You can't do that with an iPhone. You have to attach it to iTunes and reset it. So what I need to do is what I'm going, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my backup server. Basically. uh, Yeah. I'm going to take my backup server and basically build that to run iTunes so anytime I have an iPad or an iPod or an iPhone that needs to be reset to its factory settings, I'm going to I'm going to have it. I'm just going to basically attach it to that server and reset it. Like for example, I took that I took that uh, piece of shit AMD uh, computer and turned it into a ghosting machine, so that anytime I need to have a fresh install of Windows on a computer, uh, and I'm having some I'm having some install troubles, I can just take that that uh, hard drive, plug it into that computer, install Windows on that hard drive, take the hard drive out and put it into the new computer that it's supposed to be on. Boom. So all I'll do is I'll take the additional server that I have and have it set up strictly just for now to run iTunes re- and reset iPads, iPods, and iPad, uh, and iPhones so that we can I can A, sell them, or if somebody needs it reset because they forgot their password or some shit and they don't want to deal with iTunes, they don't want to call Apple or whatever, boom, do that do that as well. So I think that's going to be one thing I'm going to do going forward. And it'll it'll be it'll be pretty pretty simple, 
It's a pretty easy thing to do. It's just that I have a bunch of these products, uh, these Apple products that need to be reset, and I don't want to. They're just I don't want to waste my time, uh, fucking trying to do forget you know call Apple or whatnot. I just want to burn. I just want to fry them, reset them, and get them to people that can use them. So I have iPod Nanos, I have iPod Minis, I have an iPhone, and I have an iPad right now that all need to be reset. So it'll be really convenient, actually, for, for me to do that. And uh, just more spare parts. And I haven't, for the, for the longest time, I, d I don't like Apple products. I don't like Apple products because they make things so fucking complicated. So, I mean, the last uh, Apple product that was given to me that needed to be... Uh, wiped clean and reset i didn't even bother putting an apple os on there was it mac os mountain lion or some shit i just got rid of it altogether and uh ended up installing windows 10 and now it's an now it's an apple macbook pro that runs windows 10 and actually runs it pretty damn well so there's that but if i want to reset something to, uh, like an ipad or whatever i can't i can't put a hard drive in an ipad you can't so I need a better I need a better plan. I want to re be able to reset it to factory condition. So I'll I'll do that going forward. So that's what I'll be doing. Also, I need to be looking into creating virtual tours. That's a, if that's an, a, a new service that I can possibly offer is virtual tours. But I'll need like a 360 camera, and then I'll need the editing software for it. I already have a, an editor for 360 cameras, but the actual virtual tours I don't have the software for yet. So I want to investigate that to see if that's something I can do and start offering to clients. We are at 45 minutes. Uh, let's go ahead and do some Q&A, which I already have set up, and then we'll go ahead and close out today's show. But I think that Rogan thing is extremely important. That's big. That's that's a big deal, a very big deal. That affects my world quite possibly very greatly. Greatly? Yeah, sure, greatly. All right, so let's go ahead and finish up with some Q&A for today. Oh, okay, dig, dig Q&A. Here we go. How can I reconcile with a friend who told me to stop contacting her, blocked me, and moved away? I had this friend that I met eight months ago at a local boxing gym here in Chicago. We got along extremely well and even hung out a couple times. Quote, hung out. However, she left her job at the gym two months later and things started falling apart. I started sending excessive messages on her social media and she didn't like it. By the following month, she had enough. She told me I have an unhealthy attachment to her and we would go our separate ways. She blocked me from all social media and hasn't contacted me since. Four months later, I am better, but she is still in my head. I really want to write her a nice and sincere letter and reconcile with her and have her be my friend again. I didn't know that I was doing something wrong. I have tried reaching out to her multiple times recently via email to no avail. In the meantime, one of her friends told me she has moved to Texas, which makes it even more heartbreaking. How can I show her I can be her friend again without ex exhibiting those same, quote, toxic behaviors? All right. All right. Let me make sure I'm dealing with a dude here. I had this friend that I made. We got along. I started sending her. How can I reconcile with a friend who told me to stop? I'm going to assume. Let's see. She blocked me. Okay. However, she left her job. I'm better, but she's still in my... Yeah, this is a dude. This is definitely a dude. All right. Dude, you fucked up. It's done. This is one of those things where she's still in your mind because you're not doing anything to better yourself. You said that you're better, but you said you've been trying to re reach out to her multiple times via email. Recently. And friends. Okay. Maybe you got close to her once when she was working out. You were clingy. Uh, first of all, what you need to do is work on yourself. All right. She blocked you on social media and hasn't contacted you since. You're done. If she blocked you on social media, that means she's never going to see you again. She's never going to see you getting ripped and getting six-pack abs and you know becoming a fucking millionaire. Ever. Ever, ever again. Never going to happen. Okay. You have, you're done. It's, it's over with. You have to go out and you have to, here's what you need to do. Change your diet, lift a ton of weights and get a new job and start a small business. This is what you have to do. You, I'm, I'm, I have, I hate to break it to you. You, you did, you did the, the, the cardinal sin of 
you got fucking clingy. You got a clingy and she didn't like it. She told you to stop. You didn't. She blocked you. And you say you're better, but you're not. You're the, you're the alcoholic or the drug addict who says you're fine, but in reality, you're still drinking and, and doing drugs uh, under the table. So you're still lying to people. So you're still the alcoholic because you reached out to her multiple times recently via email. You need to stop. And that's not going to really change anything whether or not she recently, it, like if she stops getting emails from you, she's just going to be, she's going to be like, great, better, good. I don't want to have to deal with him. It'll be slim to none that if you stopped reaching out to her, that she actually reaches, reaches out back to you. That's just not going to happen. You did this, you did her so bad with your talk. Yeah. Which you write with, you said toxic behaviors that you're still doing. And have you gotten better? No, you said you've gotten better with not reaching out to her, but you lied in the thing that you just wrote. So you haven't gotten better. I bet you haven't changed your diet, changed your routines, changed your uh, anything. I bet you haven't changed a fucking bit. All right. Now, yeah, your question is, how can you reconcile with a friend who told you to stop contacting her, blocked you and moved away? You can't. You do what the you do what she tells you to do. She asked you. She told you to stop contacting her. Guess what? Stop contacting her. She moved away. Let her move away. She moved to Texas. Guess what, bro? You don't have a prayer. You think you have a chance against those big old Texas boys? Dude, not a fucking chance. You're done. It's over. Okay, you live in Chicago. Great. You're in Chicago, dude. That's huge. Do your thing. And if you are a chick, then same shit. I hear that lesbians are pretty clingy too. Even more so then if that's the case. But I'll be, be as it may, you're done. It's over. It's not going to happen. Stop being a fucking stalker at this point. That's all I can, that's really all I can say is she block, once they block you, it's done. They're never going to stalk, they're not going to Facebook stalk you or Instagram stalk you ever because you're blocked so they'll never see your feed or anything like that. All you can do is give her some peace and quiet. That's the best thing. That's the best thing you can do for her right now is just give her peace and quiet. Because this is what she told you to do and you're still not fucking listening. And if, she, and if you're not fucking listening, well, pfft. yeah, you're not paying attention to everything else that's going on in life. You're, you're hung up over this one broad. Get over it. You know, she didn't cheat on you. She didn't, you know, fucking kill your dog. She just wanted you to, she's just one of those chicks that maybe you hooked up with once or had a long conversation over some fucking wine. But it's over. That's all that happened. She didn't do you good. She didn't do you wrong. She didn't traumatize you. So move along, dude. All right, next, uh, next topic. Ooh, this isn't good. How can I get over the fact that my ex lied to me about being infertile to test me? Five years ago, I broke up with Amy because she couldn't have children. I felt awful about it, but having a family had always been important to me, and she wasn't interested in adoption or surrogacy right from the start. We just couldn't imagine a future where we were happy. Then about a week before shelter-in-place orders started, I ran to Amy at a farmer's market. She was six months pregnant. We talked for a while. I congratulated her, and she asked if I was a dad yet. When she found out I wasn't, she said that this baby could have been mine if I had passed her test. According to Amy, she'd never told me she was infertile. She just wanted to see if I loved her enough to give up on being a dad. So she lied for over four months until we broke up. I can't get over it. I don't know if it is because I'm stuck uh, I'm stuck inside on my own or what, but it just eats at me. It's not the what if of it all. I'm just angry and frustrated. The fact that I felt guilty for years because of a lie makes me feel like an idiot. The fact that she came up with this out of nowhere makes me feel like I've never knew her. Well, who does something like that? Maybe if I talk it out with someone, it would be better, but it doesn't really seem like a phone conversation. This was a really weird thing to do, right? How do I stop chewing on something like this? Um. All right. Well, she lied to you and you were stuck up. Well, first of all, that was a game she played. and That's a dog shit move. But you were so caught up on having a family. <sighs> yeah. First of all, if you... Hmm. Damn, that's a hard one. First, okay. Who lied? All right. 
Let's do that. Let's just stick with the basics here. You didn't lie. You told her what she want. You you told her what you wanted. Okay, great. You knew what you wanted. Good for you, dude. But you made it a deal breaker. All right, maybe you shouldn't have. She lied. She lied about being infertile. So that's a no. She okay. Perfect. All right. So she lied to you about being infertile and then it broke the relationship up. Great. So in conclusion, she's at fault and now she's already pregnant with somebody else. Somebody else's baby. Guess what, dude? Wasn't the one for you. You're better off. You're better off. Way better off. And this was, let's see. Before shelter in place. Five years ago. Okay, five years ago. Well, guess what, dude? That's 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 that. She lied, and now she's pregnant with somebody else's kiddo, and you are much better off. And yeah, you're probably upset because of the fact that you just realized that she lied to you and you could have had a baby with her and everything would have been happily ever after. You don't know that. You don't know that at all. And it's been five years, and she didn't reach out to you at all. There was no communication in that five years. That's probably tell you something. And you're obviously hung up over it or something of that nature. You haven't found anybody else. It's kind of a weird thing, bro. You need just need to do yourself a favor. Number one, be a little more flexible. And number two, get over it and change your style. Because something is obviously not working on it. I take guys to task any chance I get. Okay? Don't, so don't get me wrong. Yeah, she lied. Well, you put yourself in a position to be lied to. But she still lied. So fuck her, let her stay in the past. As for you, be a little more flexible and be a bigger, uh, more suitable man because it's five years have gone by and you still don't have a kiddo. Something's up with you as well, okay? There's no clear loser in this scenario. Well, there's no clear 100% to blame in this scenario, but she still lied. She still lied. And that kind of, that usually does edge out. When somebody lies, that's the kicker. That's the one you usually say, hey, you shouldn't have lied. You shouldn't have lied. All right, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, let's keep going. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Am I wrong to help my boyfriend dedicated the book I helped him to edit to OJ Simpson? What? All right, so there's that one. Should I send it to my coworker who emailed the entire stuff to say COVID and is a hoax? Uh, should I move in with my boyfriend who's moving as a child against my parents' wishes? Okay, let's do this one. Should I move in with my boyfriend with whom I have a child against my parents' wishes? I'm 24 years old and have been with my partner, Bob, for six years. We have a child together, and both families know that we are in a relationship. Bob and I want to take our relationship to the next level and move in together, but I don't know how to approach my parents because they want marriage first. Okay. It's your decision. It's your relationship. It's your kid. It's your life. Therefore, who gives a fuck what your parents think? Should you get married? Yeah, why not? But don't do it because you have to. Do it because you want to. You guys want to move in together and you have a kid. Now, what better for that little kid to grow up than having two loving parents trying to make, get through the hard times and make things work? What a be- What could be better than that? having a, a kiddo see that? Even if it isn't necessarily married, but two people who love each other, who live together, co-parenting, making it work, creating a positive environment for a child. What could be better than that? And yet your parents kind of want to push. I mean, I get where your parents are coming from. They want to see marriage. It's not their relationship. First of all, right now, we're just trying to drive towards a positive environment so that the child can thrive. And since you guys love each other and you want to move in together and, quote, take your relationship to the next level, even though you already have a kid. um, Great. Move in together. Your parents, and that's the argument I would take with your parents. Be like, and first of all, it's not their fucking decision to make. And be like, listen, we're creating a better environment for the kid. We'll get married down the road. Or maybe we won't. Maybe we won't. Isn't freaking Goldie Hawn still not married to, what's his face? You know, Kate Hudson, I think, turned out okay. I mean, not perfect, but she still came out okay. Goldie Hawn's hot. Anyways. Uh, we are at 58 minutes. Are we done for the day? Has the benefit of traditional man as a male deference? I'm not. Wait. I'm no. I'll say that. Wait. Should I? Hmm. Women today have been empowered to act and speak against bullying, raping. This is a major milestone. How the past few? I've lacked traditional manners toward women by men. I've noticed male men. 
Okay. All right. Well, fuck it. We'll tackle it. Since I've been murmuring, let's get into it. Hasn't feminism deprived women of the benefit of traditional manners and male deference? Women today have been empowered to act and speak out against sexual harassment, bullying, rape, etc. This is a major milestone. However, over the past few years, I have observed the lack of traditional manners towards women by men. I have noticed husbands and male partners pushing through doors before their wives and dates instead of holding doors open. I see them seating themselves in restaurants before their dates and wives have been seated. Along with the gains that women have made, have they also lost the benefit of traditional manners and male deference? Okay. Well, all right. So we're talking about chivalry and things and the women and children first uh, bullshit. All right. If you're with somebody that you obviously care about, yeah, you hold the fucking door for them. And yes, you should open the door for them in the car if you have a chance or unlock it or something like that. Generally, men pay for the bill, but that's another story. We do things because it's built into our DNA to do things and make sure that the women are taken care of. And, these, and, the, and, it, and it shows through these little mannerisms that we do, like making sure that they sit or are in a position to sit before we do as well. And then helping them out in certain other ways. You know, oh, and yeah, holding the door for them. We should probably be hoping the door, holding the door for anybody, even post-COVID. Um, holding hands and pay, paying for dinner if they, for what, what have you. I don't know if that's even a thing still. I don't know. You can have a conversation about that. But you're talking about these little things that we do that are described as chivalrous uh, routines. And I do see that lacking in some way, shape, or form. I don't think it should go away. I think it uh, is a way to tell the difference between an alpha male who has his shit together and is confident and knows how to take care of his lady and then some fucking uh, some bitch-ass dude who doesn't know how to act in front of women. And then there's the dudes who... If they want to play power games as far as, well, it's equal opportunity and all that other stuff, you know, open your own fucking door, grab your own seat, pay for your own bill, and you drive. Well, is that the dude you want to be dating or being in a relationship or being around to begin with? I mean, if that is their sole purpose, obviously if there's people out there that you don't give a fuck up, like women out there that you don't give a fuck about and you're not going to hold the door for them, that's another argument altogether. We're talking about somebody that you actually care about. Yeah, you should be holding the door for them. Yeah, you should be waiting till they sit. You should be doing these little extra things for them if they're people that you care about. So that's something to keep in mind. All right, we're at an hour. We're done. You can you can still find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Podcast Addict, iHeart, you know, all of them. All of them. Spotify. Yeah, I'm on there. Uh, Spotify, if you want to make a little room for my video uh, library, you're more than welcome to do so. Just hit me up, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. For free, mind you, for free. Uh, you guys can also, you can still find me on YouTube, uh, positive sarcasm, positive sarcasm podcast, um, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, thank you for all the new subscribers on all the platforms. And um, I will talk to you all on Sunday. The video portion will be up as well. If you have questions or comments, concerns, you can email me through my website or directly through positive sarcasm at outlook.com. You can also subscribe, like, share, comment, whatever you'd like to do. Um, until then, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all next week. Recorded here at the Spare Part Studios. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation.
champion To all those who work with us too long That's the most precious thing you can do While you were here, the fun was never ending Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.